surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your time. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Ever wondered if your advertising dollar is really working for you? If your ad would have been here, you and more than 4 million people would be listening to it right now. Contact ads at exxoneradiotv.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Unwilling to be the government's deadly assassin, gifted psychic Kahara Mitchell went AWOL and ended up buried under rubble in the wake of a great tsunami. She regained consciousness far from Earth on the medical ship of a Dagaronian intergalactic fleet. Has she been rescued or abducted by aliens? The Chalice of Carrie, Kahira O'Donnell's latest paranormal science fiction romance, is the passionate story of an Earth woman and her destined mates, twin kings from another galaxy. Kahara uses her gifts fighting alongside Lords Rom and Ra in a war that will determine the destiny of galaxies. The Chalice of Kari by Kahira O'Donnell is now available at kahiraodonnell.com or at amazon.com. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Robin Connell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network. Worldwide, toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, exxonradiotv.com. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash exxonradiotv. And on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash exxonradiotv.com. As you know, Exxonation, for the past uh, two days we've been talking about a new book that has to be added to every library where people are interested in the paranormal, UFOs, things that go bump in the night, and the what-if factor. The book is entitled, Exposed, Uncovered, and Classified UFOs and Aliens. Is there anybody out there? And it, uh, you know, it has original essays from Stanton T. Friedman, Eric Von Doniken, Nick Pope, Marie D. Jones, Larry Flaxman, Thomas J. Carey, Donald Schmidt, Kathleen Martin, Nick Redfern, John White, Gordon Chisholm, Mika, Micah Hanks, who we just had on uh, in our last uh, segment, and a gentleman that I've had the pleasure of having on the show before who's with me this hour, all the way from Alberta, is Jim Maroney. Now, Jim is the author of the Extraterrestrial Answers, Answer Book and uh, UFOs and Alien Books. He is a respected and engaging international speaker on the UFO phenomenon with over 20 years of experience in UFO research, a formal education in science, transpersonal psychology, and health and safety. He is also the executive director of a health and safety association in Canada and continues to instruct courses at the University of Calgary. He is also the gentleman behind the Alberta UFO Study Group, www.aufosg.com. And in this book that we've been talking about, he's written an essay on an alien intervention. Joining me now from Alberta is Jim Maroney. And Jim, welcome back to the Exxon. Always great talking to you. Hi, Rob. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be on your show again. Jim, uh, alien intervention. Why did you decide to write on it? Essentially, Rob, it's important that we really understand what's happening in the phenomenon. I think the vast majority of people out there, I, I have to give them a lot of intelligence mm-hmm. in the sense that you know people really do want to know what's actually happening in this particular area, in this phenomenon. And if we really want to grasp the core questions around the phenomenon, we first have to accept the idea that what we're looking at is primarily an intervention rather than just contact. Do you think? Do you think from that perspective? Do you think that the the alien abduction scenario and UFOs should be split apart, separated, two separate entities, or should they remain as part of each other? They'll have to remain as part of each other. Uh, You know, even though the UFO phenomena and and the sightings and, Mm -hmm. and that are easier to document at this point in time because we can get video footage of it and surveillance, and we can correlate that information also with even military records right now that's coming out of the UK, if you've been speaking with Nick Pope. But the, the point is, is that we could see quite clearly that there seems to be a plan going on behind the scenes by, by the aliens. And that is, uh, this is a long-term plan. This isn't just helter-skelter, where they want to show up in the, uh, you know, just for a brief period of time and then disappear. It seems to me that when you're looking at all the sightings that we're seeing, there's a correlation in that the number of sightings are increasing, the, the frequency of them, and the types of sightings are actually changing as well. 
And in addition to that, then we have these encounter experiences or, you know, slash abduction experiences that are also occurring, but they've happened a little, or kind of trailed, I'd say, a little bit of the original sightings. So even though between 1945 and 1960, where we see a lot of UFO sightings, mm-hmm. it wasn't until the 1960s and that we heard these stories about people actually having encounters, and it wasn't until the 1990s did we have a much better understanding about what these abductions actually meant. All right, stand by. You and I have to take our first two-minute break. Exonation, Jim Maroney is our special guest. His website, aufosg.com. The name of the book is Exposed, Uncovered, and Declassified UFOs and Aliens. Is there anybody out there? And it's published by our good friends at New Page Books. Their website, www.newpagebooks.com. We'll be back after this break. Don't go away. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Nicholas Jinnix is a lover of humanity and a seeker of truth. Using facts and not opinion, he exposes misconceptions spread by religious and political organizations. While theology, engineering, and science were his fields of academics, history, philosophy, and humanities are his fields of research. Nicholas Jinnix is devoted to informing and educating people. His article titled, The Obama-Iran Nuclear Deal Must Be Stopped, exposes lies by President Obama to approve a nuclear deal. This deal benefits Iran domestically and militarily, but compromises the security of the United States. Nicholas Jennings's bio and books are hosted on www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Fartlets, fartlings, pongies, and honkers. They have so many names, makes you go bonkers. Rear tempest, butt bubbles, bottom burps, all aside. Why does it smell like a little rat died? Hail the fart, whenever, wherever, whoever. Its existence actually enriches our lives because it gives us those unforgettable moments that we can all recall again and again that are always good for yet another laugh. A new expose on farting. Get your copy of The Endearing Fart by Eileen Dover at www.theendearingfart.com.
great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, Jim Maroney is our special guest. We're talking uh, these past two days about a new book that is published by New Page Press. It's entitled Exposed, Uncovered, and Declassified UFOs and Aliens. Is there anybody out there? www.newpagebooks.com All right, Jim, uh, how, how, how long do you think we have been under the watchful eye of whoever these people are and why do they abduct us? Yeah. Well, you know, how long they've been aware of this planet is anybody's guess. And right now we're already able to actually determine, you know, livable mm-hmm. or similar planets around other solar systems, even with our relatively primitive technology, when you compare it to something that may have a million years more advanced than us. So it's relatively, I think, easy for them to identify where the planet is. But how long they've actually been aware of, of uh, human evolution on this planet is anybody's guess. But with certainty, with certainty, we can say that 1945 was essentially the date we could pretty much mark in our calendars as the date that the, the phenomenon was much more prevalent than it had been previously. So something, even though they've been around likely for you know many, many, many years mm-hmm. prior to 1945, what was happening in 1945 with the advent of, of our nuclear weapons uh, programs and, and I think really changed the way they were going to interact with us in the future and, and it started to change the way we were perceiving them in our skies. Jim, you had your, your own abduction experience through your own encounter and I was wondering if you could share it with listeners who may not have had the pleasure of hearing you on the show before. Sure. Essentially, you know, my, my encounter is a, it's a complicated story in a sense, because, but I'll just simplify it by explaining that back in 1987, I had uh, an encounter experience um, in, in the middle of Canada, essentially just south of Winnipeg off of Highway 1. And uh, in my abduction experience, um, I was brought on board a craft and was exposed to beings that I had no con- preconceived idea even mm-hmm. existed. In fact, I, previous to that, I just thought that there was life elsewhere in the universe, and if it was intelligent, it was kind of like us, but just more technologically advanced. And that was, you know, surmises basically my entire uh, understanding of the phenomenon at that point. But uh, my experience shattered that particular idea that I had, and I, I, it just it overwhelmed me essentially, and it took me a long time before I would even go public about talking about my experience and and what I've learned through that particular experience as well. In other words, 
to try and benefit other people. So the experience itself involved me going through a, a number of rooms uh, on this craft. The beings that I, that I was interacting with, I should say that were interacting with me, were able to actually communicate to me in English and, and speak verbally in English, but they didn't talk to each other. I didn't hear any verbal communication mm-hmm. with each other, but they seemed to just acknowledge. So I, I'm guessing maybe a form of telepathy between themselves. That's just an assumption on my part. And um, they were, uh, they ranged about, on average, about four and a half feet tall, tim- similar to what you've, you've heard in the movies or seen, you know, but their eyes were actually uh, blue. They had blue pupils. Uh, they didn't have all black eyes. They, in fact, they all had blue pupils. And what was startling a little bit for me, in addition to everything being startling, but what was really curious was that they all had blue pupils. And, you know, even human beings, we don't, temp- you know, don't have similar eye colors that exist within a given population. I mean, we have diverse eye colors, but these beings all had the exact same blue pupils, really piercing, piercing blue mm. eyes, the way I would describe it. And they even had some beings that I saw on the ship, just two of them, that were dramatically different in size than, than the majority of beings that I'd seen. And uh, they were uh, 10 feet tall. And it was just, I, I never believed, I couldn't have believed that something could have been that big, certainly alive, certainly imposing, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and uh, their, the purpose for that experience was, number one, was to affect some kind of medical change in me, some kind of medical change. And the other part of it was to assess my psychological profile, and might be the best way to, to describe it that way. So there was a, a multiple assessment mm-hmm. going on. And uh, so they really wanted to figure out you know, who I was, how I would react under stress and duress, um, you know, what kind of a person I was. And that was really important to them. So it was really carefully planned out. It was carefully orchestrated on their part as well. And uh, I had an opportunity to actually see one particular part of their ship that had about 70 beds on the ship. And there was about 30 people that were, uh, 30 other human beings that were actually lying on these beds in various um, uh, dress apparel, I'll call it that one. And I, re- I remember distinctly this uh, plaid, kind of like a lumberjack's outfit worn by one particular individual that was on there. It was just such a stark contrast to what I would see, you know, in this particular mm-hmm. environment. And all these people were appeared to be sleeping or appeared to be in some kind of uh, subconscious state of, of mind. And no one got up to talk to me or no one was looking at me. They all looked like they were asleep and there was beings that were moving in between the beds and uh, assessing them or evaluating or doing something with them or monitoring them. And, uh, you know, what? a couple of things went through my mind. And the first thing was that I, I was so awestruck by what I was seeing and, and the impact of what this really meant. I, I remember I didn't want to see it. I remember I, I turned away from it and I thought to myself, I don't want to see that. And uh, part of that, I think, was also just what the um, underlying... Uh, issues would be with respect to seeing what I was seeing. It, it suggested that there was an, an enormous amount of contact going on at a level that was far deeper than anybody had ever even guessed. And it's as if I would compare it to the idea of having an iceberg in front of you and uh, you know, getting just seeing the very tip of the iceberg but not really understanding how deep the iceberg actually goes. And it's as if my head just got, you know, momentarily dunked underwater where I could get a quick glimpse about how, you know, the depth of this iceberg or the depth of this particular relationship that's unfolding right now did, in our world. Did you feel that, that whoever these visitors were posed a, a threat to you? 
Did you feel as if you were in danger? To be honest with you, Rob, you know, I am honest with with you, but it, it, I thought that my life was in danger and I I really wasn't sure I was going to get out of there alive, to be honest with you at at Mm. certain points. Um, It wasn't until the very end of the experience that all of those fears were abated and and I was worried about getting out of there alive and there was a better relationship with the beings. But up to that point, I was, I was scared spitless. You know, I was, I was uh, fearful for my life and I was trying to do things to make sure that I would get out of there alive. But uh, there was also this nagging feeling that I might not be able to get out of there alive. What about any smells? Uh, Were there sounds that you can relate? Uh, What else did you see? yeah, you know, I, the, the wonderful thing about the experience, too, is that inside the craft, when I was walking and, and being escorted around parts of the craft, the whole craft itself was designed anthropometrically to the, the size and shape of human beings. And when I was looking around the other beings that were around me, the majority of them were, were well under, you know, five feet. And to me, I thought, what, what in the world? It, it immediately struck me that the design of this ship was really intended to deal with human beings. The entire ship itself was designed with the express purpose of dealing with human beings. And in addition to that, here I am in an environment that's apparently alien to me. I've got alien beings in front of me, but they're breathing the same air that I am. Uh, the, the temperature is the same. Every, the lighting is actually quite bright in there, maybe even a little bit brighter than normal office lighting, I would say. And uh, it was just remarkable to me that they would be able to adjust themselves that easily or that readily to our environment. And it seems to me now that whoever these beings are, wherever they came from, that these particular beings are extremely adaptable and have decided in some way, shape, or form to adapt themselves to at least exist for even brief periods of time within an environment that's consistent with the one that we live in. And uh, that's just remarkable when you really... You know, try and think, get your head around it. It's just amazing. What did so did you hear? Real, did you hear any sounds? Uh, was there any music? Was there the clanking of instruments? Yeah, there, was there, there was, was there no, electronic hums? Yeah, yeah, there was there was no sounds that I like of music that mm. I can recall. Um, the only thing that the only sound I ever heard was was them talking to me that I can actually recall. Wow. And uh, there was no feelings of motion on the on this particular craft. And uh, the gravitational field was consistent throughout the craft. So, um, you know, I'm not sure where we were, but uh, if we were in space, we were obviously able to manipulate gravity in such a way that made it cons- you know, quite easy to, to work harder. Were there any windows in the craft? Were you able to look outside the craft and, uh, and see where you were? Geez, Rob, you know, I, I wanted to. I was looking around this craft mm-hmm. to try and to get a glimpse out the window. One, to figure out where I was, and two, to get an idea of the size of this craft. Um, there was no windows. I, I wasn't able to actually see outside the craft at, at any time. Wow. And the um, but parts of this craft were just amazingly huge. It was like a, I would compare it to maybe somebody walking around an aircraft carrier or inside an aircraft carrier. This the ship, whatever it was, was absolutely massive, and it was spacious. You know, they weren't cramped in there in, in any stretch of the imagination. The hallways that I walked on were as large as a hospital's hallways. You know, they were, they were bigger than an office hallway, but about as large as a typical uh, hospital hallway. Um, they, uh, I didn't, I tried to pick up any smells, but mm-hmm. I was so focused on just what I was seeing and, and trying to remember everything that I was seeing around me that, uh, and just being astounded. For example, the lighting itself was indirect lighting. There wasn't, I didn't observe any direct lighting per se. Um, even the, the walls of the craft were 
a kind of a beige color, and they they were concave, which allowed distribution of light from the floor and from the ceiling to be very smooth. Um, you know, it was very pleasant actually uh, from a physical standpoint inside the craft, uh, from a physical environmental standpoint. And these beings seemed to move, you know, very rapidly. They their heads were um, on bodies that I'd say that the neck itself was extremely small. The neck itself was probably only about, oh gosh, maybe four inches in diameter. And their heads were about twice the size of, of a human head. So uh, to me, I was just baffled by the fact that how could that structure exist? I mean, what kind of an internal mm. structure would be able to support that kind of size of head? You know, I, I just, I, I obviously they're different than us, uh, anthropometrically speaking, and obviously from a from a physiological standpoint, there must be dramatic differences, actually. Jim, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Jim Maroney's our special guest. His website, AE... Uh... Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. AUFOSG.com. And we're talking about exposed, uncovered, and declassified UFOs and aliens. Is there anybody out there? By New Page Books. And it's available at newpagebooks.com and find bookstores everywhere. Don't go away. Ever wondered if your advertising dollar is really working for you? If your ad would have been here, you and more than 4 million people would be listening to it right now. Contact ads at exxoneradiotv.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. 
Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash Xone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. President Obama gave a speech to convince Americans that Iran, a nation of Muslim Shiites, will be prevented from obtaining a nuclear weapon. President Obama believes the nuclear deal will bring about a meaningful change between Iran and American diplomacy and make the world a safer place. Born a Shiite Muslim and taught the Quran in his youth are some of the reasons why President Obama has an affinity for Islam and the Muslim people. His nuclear deal with Iran allows them to obtain over $150 billion to stimulate their country domestically and militarily. A groundbreaking article by Nicholas Jennings entitled, Obama Continues to Lie to the American People, was developed from the novel Obama, Islam and Benghazi. To read an overview of this article, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Exo Nation, uh, Jim Maroney is my special guest of this hour. He is one of the contributors to Exposed, Uncovered, and Declassified UFOs and Aliens. Is there anybody out there by New Page Books? www.newpagebooks.com. And if you'd like to find out more about Jim and the Alberta UFO Study Group, www.aufosg.com. Uh, Jim. How long were you up in this craft? How long had they they kept you? I, it's hard to get an exact estimate, so this is just an approximation. Mm-hmm. I was I would guess anywhere around an hour to hour and a half on board the craft. And while you were there, did they did they give you any 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 refreshments? Uh, did they give you anything to drink? Uh, did they give you anything <laughs> to munch on uh, for for experimental purposes? Yeah, no, not at all. But, you know, some of the medical procedures that uh, I underwent were certainly difficult. Really? I... And, um, 
Yeah. Uh, in fact, I mean, they're so difficult at times. I, mean, I honestly thought I wasn't going to make it out of Oh, my life. gosh. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was pretty traumatic at, at parts. What? But, again, you know, I, I really tried to, tried to communicate with him as best I could, figuring that mm-hmm. and reasoning that, you know, if I'm powerless, the best thing I could do is try and understand what they wanted from me in order for me to kind of communicate with them so I could find some way to get off the ship or some way that could convince them to let me go. Um, and it wasn't until the very the end of this experience where I'd actually passed out as a result of some of these medical procedures from the from the pain itself. And as it was coming to, mm-hmm. um, a, a being approached me. And this is where I saw these two large beings. They were at the, standing at the foot of my bed, and I guess they were guards. Um, they were worried about how I was going to react, and they'd, you know, they didn't, they weren't restraining me. I didn't have any restraints on me or anything like this. Um, and I was just coming to when, when this being approached, and she asked me very bluntly, you know, "We don't understand your anger." And I was, took a quick look at her, and I was trying to read any type of physical, uh, you know, with. When we start to interpret what somebody's saying to us, we try to look for mm-hmm. physical things that they're saying or doing or moving or something that's to try and interpret what my response is supposed to be. But I couldn't read anything from her. In fact, there was no emotion behind the voice at all. And I was confused. I said, well, I'm not angry right now. I mean, I'm just like, I'm still trying to get my senses about me. And she was more insistent. She even, she stepped forward again and said it very clearly in English. She said, we don't understand your anger. And I'm, I was struggling with her, with her question, and then I thought, oh, okay, I remember it was when I was when I first got you know abducted onto this craft. I was really angry with them because the the abduction process hurt, and I was screaming at them and swearing at them and yelling at them, trying to you know tell them to leave me alone, and they had no right to do this, and what were they doing? But but I wasn't angry at that point in time, and I realized that I needed to find some way to communicate with her, and then I I just said. You know, I wanted to say, I'm sorry, I, I just wasn't expecting it to hurt. And all I got out was really, I'm sorry. And a huge lump in my throat just came up as all this emotion welled up within me. And I felt this love and this compassion emanate from this being in a way that I hadn't felt from any human being. And I just, I burst out crying and I, I hugged her and she hugged me. And and she whispered to me um, very gently, you know, it's okay to cry. The strong ones cry. And that moment itself was a pivotal moment in, in the entire experience because it really galvanized what their intent actually was and, and how difficult it was even for them uh, to put me through some of these experiences and, and what they were doing. What, and what, from what, their perception. What was their right? intent? What was their intent? Their intent really was to let me know that they existed, that, they, that they're real, and that they're going to play a part in my life in the future. And, um, and the medical component of it, they, much of that they didn't want me to remember. They were quite adamant that they didn't want me to remember big chunks of this experience, uh, particularly the stuff that happened on the craft. Mm-hmm. They felt that it wouldn't be in my best interest as a person. You know, They felt that the, the painful procedures and stuff would be something that I should forget that they wouldn't be a, a benefit to me to remember any of those, but that those procedures were absolutely necessary, but I just wouldn't understand them at that point in time. And uh, I've come to understand, I believe that from their perspective, that these procedures are necessary for our future, but how they're going to change me and in what way is, is a little bit ambiguous at this point, but I think it has to do something with some type of spiritual energy 
um, that they're trying to work on. But it also, it's, it's more complicated than that. There's a biological component, too, that, that's at stake. And I don't think we'll really fully understand it until we get closer to the point in time when we're having a, a much better relationship with these beings. But it, it seems to be quite pivotal. Why do you think they selected you, or why were you chosen? Geez, Rob, you know, the only difference between myself and all the other listeners out there is the fact that I remembered, and it's not that I chose to remember, it's Mm -hmm. that they allowed me to remember this experience. The truth of it is, the fundamental truth to this reality is that everybody out there could actually have and may have, in fact, had an encounter experience, but not remember any of it at all. And uh, this is quite possible, not just possible, it's, it's very possible. And, uh, and so, really, they just selected me at that point in time because they thought it would be important for me to remember. And maybe it would take me, you know, 20 years mm-hmm. or so just to, to come to terms with the entire experience so that I can talk about it and share it with other people who may be getting ready to go through a similar experience. Because I believe that these beings are searching out individuals on our planet, in our society, and they're trying to understand these individuals and then trying to select at an appropriate time to unveil uh, at least their presence and their existence in their life. And that can be quite difficult, but I think that's, that's their general trend. I mean, that's what it seems to look like. Jim, tell me, how has your abduction experience affected your life? Well, Rob, you know, I, I have to say I'm a gentler person uh, because of the experience. Um, I've become more concerned about, um, you know, our general environment mm-hmm. and, and the way humanity you know, all of humanity's problems. I've come a lot, become a lot more, I think, understanding of humanity's problems. You know, I don't, I had a tendency, I think, at one point in time to think that I'm right and everybody else is wrong, <laughs> you know, and, and I just don't see it as clearly black and white like that anymore. I have a feeling of ownership to all of the problems that the world actually faces. It's, it's as if humanity is more of a brotherhood than it is anything else, I, and I just never saw it that way, I think. I also have a much better understanding of the mysteries of life. I think that maybe not a better understanding, but an insight into how mysterious and how wonderful actually our life actually is and how precious every day is. Um, I believe that we are at the pinnacle of a tremendous change in human evolutionary development and that all of us have been born at a point in time where the world needs us at some part of us. The world really needs us. And, uh, and that we just have to be true to ourselves um, in order to make sure that the changes that need to happen are going to happen so that we're going to make it through this, this transition period. Because my perception is, is that a very difficult time is, is on the horizon for humanity. Is it possible that these visitors are actually from our future and they've come to the past, gone into the past, in order to prevent some atrocity? Yeah, I, I've, I've contemplated that, Rob, for some time. But really, from my direct experience mm-hmm. with these beings, there was no sense that they were from our future. Uh, these beings are distinctly you know, alien. There's, there's some component to them that reminds me of humanity, that there's some human component to them. You know, they, they have the feelings of compassion. But they seem to be much more evolved in that way. They have a greater intensity about life, and maybe that'd be a better way to, to put it. And um, any contact with them is, is difficult. And I think that from their perception, I mean, they, they must have thought about this for a long, long time, Rob. And I believe they came to the conclusion that direct contact with them was going to be hard for any individual. And they had to be very careful 
about how that was going to happen and with who and when. And um, that is primarily their, their concern because things, I think, could go off the rails very quickly with them. So their, their, their desire is to really to stay in the background for as much as they possibly can and kind of let us um, work it out together, trying to figure out either how we're going to respond to them or how we're going to get through this whole idea of, of a, a new relationship with, with beings that we've just, you know, really just becoming aware of. Do you think there's a connection between the ever-increasing amount of UFO sightings and alien abductions that are that are coming forward and the the date of December 21st 2012 well uh, you know <laughs> the date of I'll, I'll address the one on, on 2012 maybe I'll do that one first what's interesting is that if we look at a, a, a group of people and we can rule out psychosis or mental illness and we can uh, allocate that this group and pretty much define this group as as sane individuals who've had an extraordinary encounter experience and we look at that given group and we take the oldest person in that group Mm -hmm. and we extrapolate their age to the future i found that if we look at the average life expectancy within that that group of people and i'm referring to data that came from john e mack uh the harvard psychiatrist who'd actually done work in in the whole ufo abduction phenomenon at, uh, at first and when we look at that data it's we come up with a date of, of 2012. Um, and when we look at the UFO crisis starting in, let's say, or say the UFO, UFO starting to show up in 1945, mm-hmm. we had, you know, 72 odd years in that area, and we end up with 2012, or very similar to 2012. I think 2012 is a significant date. I'm not sure, Rob, that I'm going to be one day, you know, I've been around long enough to know that a lot of people have proclaimed certain dates and mm-hmm. nothing's ever happened. But I'll, I would have to say that 2012 or around there, maybe plus or minus two, three or four years, is going to be a really significant date. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking there might be something related to 2012 and the UFO phenomenon. I wouldn't be surprised if there is. I'm not sure it'll be exactly on December of, of 2012, but I'm saying it's, it's going to be pretty close to that. How did they take you from where you were into the ship was it a beam of light were you dematerialized or how did they do it well another remarkable part of this experience and i know how difficult maybe some of your listeners might find this to believe so i'm not going to justify their technology i'm only okay. going to report the the experience that i had that's all we can I was ask. In, yeah I, I was in my vehicle on the passenger side and when the craft moved over top of my vehicle it had already moved and convinced a truck driver to park his rig in a way that nobody from the restaurant could actually see my car. Then what happened is that um, a light, an intense light, hit the car and myself, and the next moment um, I, I could feel underneath this craft that the air suddenly went dead is the best way to describe it. And there was an intense electromagnetic field that was around me because I could feel the hairs on Mm -hmm. all my arms start to rise. I'm kind of a hairy guy. And uh, I could feel my hair is actually starting to rise. I figured, well, whatever's over top of me, it must emit an an electromagnetic field. And then the next instance, there was this intense, excruciating pain. It felt like every part of my body was being ripped apart. I felt almost like there was bubbles Hmm. inside my blood and everything. It was just, but it only lasted for about 10 seconds or so. Um, 
And then the next thing, I'm standing beside my car inside the semicircle, circular room with these non-human beings in front of me. And I, I remember distinctly putting my left hand on my car, and, and of the hood of my car. And so what they'd done is they'd actually taken me right through the solid car. They, they'd somehow been able to dematerialize me or, or dematerialize the car in some way, shape, or form. And they just moved me through the car just the way you'd move through water um, and, and had me standing right beside my car. Um, so I, how they did that, Rob, I have no idea. But all of that whole, that whole process took no more than a few seconds to actually happen. So they have incredible technology that that's millions of years more advanced than, than what we have. Jim, we've, um, got, we've got to get ready to take our final break here. We, I've got about a minute, and I'd like to ask you this question. Did they leave you with any message to share with the rest of the inhabitants of this planet? If there's one thing, Rob, you know, I have had uh, the occasional encounter with them past that time and that experience, but if the one message I believe that they would want me to relay is that, is that they're here trying to help us. That would be the one message that they relayed with me. And I remember this one being looking, looking into her eyes mm-hmm. with sadness and compassion, and she said to me that she wished she could stand beside me to face the things that I would have to face. Oh. And I, I remember saying to her, no, that's okay, I understand. Jim Maroney's my guest this hour, Exonation. He is one of the contributors of essays in a, in a great book. Anybody who's into ufology or into the paranormal, this is a definite for your library. It's entitled Exposed, Uncovered, and Declassified UFOs and Aliens. Is there anybody out there? It's published by our good friends at New Page Books. Their website is newpagebooks.com. And for more information on Jim Maroney and the Alberta UFO Study Group, www.aufosg.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. When demystified, shamanism is an ancient science delving into the quantum level of life. Understanding and implementing basic shamanic principles can empower the individual to heal, manifest, and evolve in these rapidly changing times. Path Home Shamanic Art School is a -a one-of-a-kind Colorado State certified occupational school training and certifying shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also train individuals simply interested in empowering and enriching their lives through shamanism. Path Home's certification classes are in a week-long block format, enabling national and international students to participate. We also provide online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions as well. Discover all you can be. Enter the limitless world of shamanism today. For more information, visit findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God. 
the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Ever wondered if your advertising dollar is really working for you? If your ad would have been here, you and more than 4 million people would be listening to it right now. Contact ads at exxoneradiotv.com. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking our good friends at Warwick Associates and New Page Books for helping make this UFO Alien Roundtable possible. Um, we're going to be continuing with a few of the authors who couldn't make it uh, yesterday or today, but we will have them on in the very near future. And once again, Exonation, the name of the book is Exposed, Uncovered, and Declassified UFOs and Aliens. Is there anybody out there? www newpagebooks.com it will be available at bookstores everywhere and uh, online bookstores as well Jim Roney is our special guest this hour Jim wrote a uh, an essay on an alien intervention and uh, he is the gentleman behind the Alberta UFO study group their website is www.aufosg.com Jim always a great pleasure having you with us what what message would you would you personally like to leave with the listeners around the world tonight? Well, number one, we have the ability and the intelligence and the capacity mm-hmm. to educate ourselves about this phenomenon. Now, there's a lot of information out there about it. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. But we really need to take personal responsibility to educate ourselves about the phenomenon as best we can to try and prepare ourselves for the inevitable uh, situation in which this is revealed or that you're going to actually have an encounter experience with these beings. I, I can also see, Rob, really in the very near future, that when governments get to the point that they may start admitting that phenomenon mm-hmm. is real, that we could see the development of a UFO crisis center that would help at least people cope with their encounter experiences. Because if this is the way the beings have decided that they're going to interact with us, then we really need to, to help individuals um, through that process of, of understanding their experiences with these beings. And, uh, and also, that would also hopefully build a better bridge of understanding between us and, and these things as well. Do you think that day is coming soon where the governments of the world will no longer be able to deny the fact that they are here, they have been here, and yes, they have been perpetrating a cover-up cover up and conspiracy? 
I think, Rob, it, it's inevitable. I think we're going to see it in our lifetime, uh, whether the governments voluntarily do that or whether the uh, phenomenon itself does something that mm-hmm. makes it so undeniable that they're forced to do something. My my worry is, Rob, you know, I, I work a lot with governments even today with non-UFO-related uh, issues. And what I've seen them do is, is jump to making policy decisions without really thoroughly understanding what they were making policies about. In other words, it's a knee-jerk reaction. And I really don't want to see that happening with the UFO phenomenon. I, I really feel that we need to have a, a comprehensive, intelligent approach to the phenomenon that we can relate the best information that we have and build public trust uh, with the kind of information that we're presenting them with. Jim, you and I have to say so long for now, but as always, you've got an open invitation. Come back and visit us again, will you? Absolutely, Rob. It's always wonderful being on your show. Thank you, you so much, and keep up the great work. Thanks a lot, my friend. Exo Nation, Jim Maroney has been my guest this hour. He is the director of the Alberta UFO Study Group, www.aufosg.com. And we've been talking about exposed, uncovered, and declassified UFOs and aliens. Is there anybody out there yesterday and today? And I want to thank, once again, the good people at New Page Books, and at Warwick Associates for helping make these two days possible. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care of each other. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.